What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is a Monday rundown on a Tuesday night. Today, Sean and I jumped right in, and we went around the sports world. We talked PGA, we talked MLB, we talked college football, which, you know, I'm coming around on, especially because the Yankees suck, so I'm kind of out on them. We talked a little NBA, and then we gave our picks for the first week of NFL football, and following this week, we will obviously be doing our NFL Wednesdays to recap. It's just, obviously, we had nothing to recap, so enjoy the pod, guys, and we will talk to you next week. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It's episode 202. Hope everybody enjoyed the NFL preview with Will Smith. Uh, I definitely got some good commentary from that, Tom. Some good feedback. I don't know how you how you felt. I don't know how Will felt. Will was fired up. I had a lot of fun. I'm excited for your um, little side bet. I don't remember the amount. Uh, I think it was 20 bucks. Um, maybe 50? I don't know. I think it was 50. It was um, a 50 piece. Yeah, I think I should get a little vig off that just for setting it up from either either of the winners. Um, but yeah, I had a hell of a hell of a lot of fun doing that. Um, and you know, after you listen to it and you listen to other things and you hear other things, you start to regret some of your picks. But I'm <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns. There have not been any games played yet where we can be Wow, that that was bad. Uh, a little bit of news here and there, but we'll we'll see how it is in about four months. Absolutely. Uh, so just to let the fans know, we obviously football season is right around the corner this Thursday. I am extremely fired up, as are you, I'm sure. Um, usually we do a Monday Monday rundown. We obviously call it that, even if it's not on a Monday, um, to recap everything else going on in the sports world. And then we have our NFL Wednesdays. First week of the season, we usually recap the games from the week before. There's no games to recap, so we'll just be giving you our picks tonight, late on a Tuesday night. Everybody will probably be listening on a Wednesday. And then next week, we're going to roll it right back into the usual format for football season, which is Monday, everything else in the sporting world, and then um, Wednesday, we'll be recapping the NFL and giving you our picks for, for the week to come. So that's how it's going to run for all those new listeners out there. There you go. Yeah, way to, uh, way to outline it, pal. Um, that's what a CEO does. But, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. So I got to tell you, um, when I was writing up the notes today, I wasn't sure how we were going to lead off, but the PGA and Patrick Cantlay – in particular, I feel like deserve number one. So Golf Corner is going to get us leading off today. This is huge news. The pod, uh, the pod has really come a long way. Uh, leading off with golf. Back when we started, I would have never even thought about talking about golf, much less leading a pod with golf. But hey, here we are. Um, yeah, we have a PGA Tour champion for the year, $15 million uh, tournament. Um, Patrick Cantlay, the only four-time winner on the tour this year. The guy was cold-blooded with the putter. Um, the playoff last week and the almost chasing down by my guy, John Rom this week was some of the best drama. Cantlay able to have some ice in the veins and hold them off, uh, the both of them. Um, Bryson... 
I don't want to say he choked, but I think it was just a staring match, and he blinked first. Last week in the semifinals, um, gave Cantlay a few more strokes in the Advantage Championship week this week. Um, and then John Rahm just would not be held back. He's a buoy. He won't sink, but Cantlay hit every putt he needed to hit. Made it a little interesting by... Uh, by making kind of a mess of the 17th hole, but he held John Rahm off and, and won himself a hell of a lot of money. I was a little more interested in uh, the battle for third place between Kevin Na and Justin Thomas. Um, Justin Thomas ended up finishing fourth, Na third. Na went from like 18th place in it to third place in one tournament because he played literally had one bogey in four rounds of golf and he went from I don't know off the top of my head probably five to six hundred thousand dollars to three point five million dollars by having that kind of a week um incredible week of golf my guy Brooks hurt his wrist um we will have to see if he is um if he is healthy for the Ryder Cup, Patrick Reed goes from two weeks ago being in a hospital bed with double pneumonia to shooting a, I believe, 74, 71, 68, 71, something like that this week. I mean, double pneumonia. I don't know, Sean. I don't even know if I'd be walking around at this point. I don't know how he was even able to finish a couple. I don't know how he was able to even get off the driving range, but that's impressive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this this tournament just kind of leads up to a lot of questions for Ryder Cup. Um, is Brooks going to – Brooksy, as some people like to call him. Um, <laughs> a lot of people and like to call other people that. Is he going to be healthy enough to play because he is one of the top 12, so he'll be a shoo-in. Um Patrick Reed, another guy who is a really good match play golfer, is he, I mean, I think he kind of played his way on this week, showing that he was healthy with that round, um, and and then a few other guys on the on the cusp, Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, who is Steve Stricker going to pick for the Ryder Cup, um, for these other guys that aren't, you know, the automatic big bids that are kind of on the hood. I think Kevin Na might have played his way in this week, playing some excellent golf, um, and the storylines are what's more interesting because everyone in the world hates Patrick Reed. You know what I mean? And, and there's two people that hate him pretty much more than anybody, and that's Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, and they are both on the Ryder Cup team already because they're in the top 12 uh, in the in the world rankings for the United States. And then you have the Brooks-Bryson drama. That's quite a locker room. That's a great locker room. When, do, when does the team need to be announced? Um, I think within a week or two, and then they're gonna then they're going out to Whistling Straits, which I believe is in Wisconsin, and, and having that four the four days of it, I believe, where you know it's a lot of match play, and then they finish it off with the uh, with the head to heads. And listen, I think the USA team is a lot more talented, excluding maybe John Rahm and Rory McIlroy, but um, sometimes it comes down to team chemistry, and I think Europe's. I think Europe's got a speed. Maybe if they had um, and and a Middle East team only, even the Middle East team who everybody would hate each other there might still have us beat because of how much these guys <laughs> hate each other. 
the drama is honestly fantastic. And I, I really have gotten into listening to people talk about these tournaments. And, and just over the last few weeks, the, the drama has really kind of escalated now. I want to get your thoughts, obviously, on the, uh, the banning of, uh, of Brooksy when, uh, for the fans to chant at Bryson. But I, I think overall, golf right now is probably in as good of a place. I know I've said it as a casual fan pretty much every time we talk golf, but I, I truly mean it. Like I'm interested in the tour. I'm interested in these personalities. And seeing that ball that Bryson hit, I think it was on 11, on the Sunday before the playoff, I mean, that was one of the best golf shots. Like, I could not believe that he hit. But there's nobody else on tour that would attempt a shot like that. Yeah, and you know, I I agree, and I think golf is a lot more interesting than some other sports. Now, I was having a debate with my uh, with my secretary yesterday and his lovely wife like you know they're like oh i fast forward you guys by the way can fast forward through the golf part but it's like okay would you rather watch the yankees lose to the blue jays yesterday or if the if the tour championship was being played would you rather watch a nine hole stalemate for 10 million dollars between patrick cantlay and john rom well definitely i mean right now with the way the yankees are playing i'd watch pretty much anything <laughs> over them as a matter of fact i started a show which you're going to be shocked about Whoa. Um, I know, peak blinders. I don't know why, but started that up. I was just thinking really about that it. show. That's interesting because I'm it's, I'm in and out on that show. I haven't seen it all, but um, I got to catch up. I love that show. I'm only I'm only two episodes in, so let's not go crazy. But I I have made a light commitment to it. Um, definitely intrigued by that man. I mean, the golf. I have not watched any of the tournaments, but obviously, you know, Sports Center's leading with it, and then a lot of what the podcasts I listen to and whatnot highlight golf and highlight these tournaments and I'm taking a lot of it in and just hearing the drama here. Shame you're picking it up at the wrong set. time cuz after Ryder Cup it's going to be on well, a little bit of a hiatus. I got to get to it in 2022. After you and I play down here, well uh, I'll get really into it. Sounds um, good. But yeah, dude, it's it's just a great it's in a great spot and just the level of play Across the board, I mean, just you mentioning those names off the top of your head who are eligible or could be eligible for Ryder Cup. It's it's the diversity of the game, the experiment of the game, uh, everybody trying to put their own spin and, and revolutionize this game, I think is just so damn cool. And it's what I wish baseball would be, you know, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, then you got the women playing the Soheim Cup. I don't know. I don't think you caught any of that. No, no shame on you, but... I mean, Europe beats beats the USA in a super close match. That was a lot of fun. Um, that, well, that's uh, awesome. I mean, more golf the better. Yeah, and then you watch the Corn Ferry Tour Championship, and you got some tearjerkers because some of these guys who have been on the Corn Ferry Tour and a bunch of mini tours for ten years get in the top twenty-five and earn their first year on the PGA Tour with the card. Um, just barely by the skin of their teeth, and it's like, look at you, you're on the tour next year. Yeah, pretty dope. That's a good That's a story that anybody can root for. A story yeah. I root for that's just so fun is the ever, the never-ending, I should say, uh, Bryson and, uh, Bry- Bryson and, um, Brooklyn comment you know, uh, it's, back it's, and forth. It's interesting I, because it seems to be more just, the Bryson and the Bryson and the fans now, because you haven't heard much from Brooks, which I think is smart on Brooks's part. He's not that kind of guy. But why are they? I mean, Brooks did originally this encourage this. Um, if you don't remember, um, maybe it was 
don't remember what tournament it was, but Brooks basically did not with Michelob Ultra after he heard everybody was calling him Brooksy. For anybody that got thrown out of the tournament early, got a got a free case of beer. So he I leaned into that. it. Um, but he has laid out ever since smartly by him, and now it's just Bryson putting a, putting his foot in his mouth. Is, why is this such a big deal, though? I mean, any sport, fa- well, fans, spectators are allowed to make comments. I mean, it's not like they're swearing at him. I think this it is just was, something to get under his skin. And I, I, I don't think you're wrong. Um, but there was an incident last week right after a one of the most, honestly, aside from a major championship, one of the most electric tournaments of the year. Um, I think it was like six or seven playoff holes between Cantlay and Bryson. And after Bryson six. takes takes yes yeah, six playoff holes, after Bryson takes a crushing loss on the chin to Cantlay, um, a fan. Uh, I don't know if it got caught on camera. It was reported by um, by a reporter. Ran up to him just just outside of the ropes as Bryson's taking a long walk up a hill. I mean, that clubhouse seemed like it was on a 90-degree angle. And the fan yells at him and goes, that a boy, Brooksy, or tough laws, Brooksy. <laughs> and, and Bryson, for a second, apparently was seeing red. And I think the PGA was like, uh, all right, this I don't know if this guy's going to be able to control himself the next time, especially at the Ryder Cup, which you can... We're talking a little Happy Gilmore action. Exactly, and you're at the Ryder Cup, which I don't know if you've seen the videos, but you should look them up. The fans go absolutely apeshit. Oh, they go apeshit. In Europe, they do it for, obviously, the European side, and uh, this time it's it's in the USA, in in Wisconsin, so it's going to be, you know, a lot of drinking and a lot of big USA fans, and... They're like, I don't. I, that was really close, and we don't want a, a malice in the palace situation here, um, or like you said, a Happy Gilmore situation in real life. It's obviously funny <laughs> in the movies, but it's not going to be funny when when Bryson's either got somebody in a headlock or he's kind of a pussy. So somebody's probably got him in a headlock, depending on the person. So they banned it, and 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 for me, I don't know how to feel about it, just because it's like, where do we draw the line? You know, well, that was kind of my thought. I mean, from the outside looking in, to me, because it's this not is like peaceful. exactly, and 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 people yell things. I'm sure Giannis got a lot yelled at him when he was at the free throw line, and we're going to talk about Ben Simmons later. And every other sport, you you name a sport that's a spectator sport, aside from what tennis. Um, yeah, but I think even tennis. I mean. Sure, there's a lot of things said, you know, outside the lines. I mean, obviously, it, that's a different sport. It's it's quieter. I know golf, you can't anything during the drive, but there's a lot of walking to and from the uh, to and from the areas where which a lot the of walking, a lot of talking. So it's it's time for those spectators as they're kind of taking in an entire day. I mean, you're there for countless hours on your feet standing and i think it's a good way to have fun for the fans i know as long as it doesn't get malicious dude i I think they should kind of lean into this i mean you talked about how brooks really leaned into this and and encouraged it as long as it doesn't get malicious and it's not you know saying something terrible or expletives it is up to the professional athlete to comport themselves in a way that's professional. And, and I if think, he can't do that, that's a bigger problem on Bryson than it is on the fans that are getting at him. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and uh, my perspective from the PGA is they're kind of doing it because Bryson can't. 
because clearly Bryson has showed over and over again with his comments about the vaccine that sounded asinine and his comments about the equipment that sounded asinine and everything he seems to have said since his rise to this stardom, which, like it or not, he's done a really good job growing the game. And I think it's more hate than it is like, but... Who cares? Sports needs point? villains, dude. Exactly. And I think that the PGA is just doing the best they can at getting out in front of it because Bryson can't. Do you and I feel that that's right? No, because it's like, where do you draw the line? You know what I mean? Well, what I you, think, what, too. I, yeah, I don't ahead. know. It's just like, what are you going to do? Are you going to yell at uh, at somebody for calling somebody else a name now? Like, is it just Brooksy? Is that the only thing outlawed? Or if I call... You know, if I call Patrick Reed Justin, oh, good shot, Justin. Like, if I start calling him Justin Thomas, am I going to get thrown out for that, too? Well, the only thing that I, I really can think of is the fact that this obviously irritates him. So, this is something that, because of the rivalry and because of the hate and because of him taking on this villainous persona, I would think that. But most of, and, of, of anything you and can to argue, say, to this argue is something back, they're just going to. To argue yeah. to your side of it, it's like, yeah, it does bother him, but it's like that you also brought that upon yourself, bud. By you remember when Pedro said, "I guess I just got to call the Yankee a daddy," and then the next chance where who's your daddy? Yeah, like that's, that's how obvious. shit happens. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and no fans were getting thrown out for that. It was, it was being encouraged. I mean, I'm surprised the Yankees didn't come out with a T-shirt. Maybe they did back in the day. Oh, like they to, did. Oh, I'd they like to get my did. hands on that for Dino Hypeco, but I mean. Shopdinohypeco.com. Um, uh, it's it's a tough scene, man. Because where do you draw the line? It, it, you know, if you're not shouting obscenities and, and you're not just being a complete dick. And the Brooksy thing, in my opinion, has gotten old. But if people want to shout it, like they're shouting "Baba Booey" and getting the hole when the guy shanks one. And see, I think they should ban that. That's been annoying since the movie came out in 1980. Like, okay, we get it. You know, one line from. Yeah, like, come on. I, no, I agree with you, but you can't ban it because there, there's no reason to ban it. Just like there there's shouldn't no be a to. reason to to ban somebody shouting the wrong name at you because it, it irritates you. And, and this goes back to a few months ago, I forgot where a tournament that, where Bryson was walking around with security and actual police officers with badges and guns. And every time somebody shouted Brooks, he, he had the police officer escort them off the premises. It's like... It's like, dude, you did this to yourself by doing that and and saying the dumbest shit I've ever heard in the media. It's like, bro, I'm right here, man. I could totally be a yeah. media manager. Well, now as you've as you've lobbied for on several occasions on this podcast, and I think golf is in a position here where as you see certain sports and one that we're gonna talk about in a second in baseball, struggling to get the casual fan. Golf is at this has this golden opportunity to really in the casual fan everybody now seems to be having a favorite player on tour you give your foursome and you pick you know you pick john rom and, and you pick all these players because you love them and you want to see them win tony finau your boy and that's what golf is becoming is everybody has a favorite player on tour but a lot of other players and now where they're really accentuating their personalities and they're out there and they're in, they're in commercial they're as famous as just about any athletes outside of nb players perfectly honest with you to some capacities this is a time where golf can say you know what as long as you stay controlled and you're not yelling expletives and you're not really just 
you know, doing terrible things that are the way we see on CD and golf and on on the tour, then freaking have at it. Have fun. You're paying your hard-earned money to be here, and, and let, let's go with this. And if you can't handle it, Bryson, as a professional, then you know what? That's almost That's a you bad. problem, man. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the route that they went, and I think the reason why they went the route that they went was because he almost fought a fan. And whether that's right, right or not, and Bryson's a grown-ass man, I think he's... 27 28 years old he should be able to handle himself but i think the pga is just trying to get out in front of it and protect the brand a little bit sure and if it works then i'm all for it but as somebody who's really trying to get captivated in the sport i would like nothing more than for him to hit just a gorgeous shot and stare down the fan as brooksy adam kind of keep you know fun and playful and back and forth in the nba all the time Probably I, would the NBA. I would love that yeah, the thing that we obviously have to talk about in the NBA is you can't have the line where water bottles and popcorn and shit like players. As long as it's a playful back and forth and at the Spike Lees of the world giving someone shit and then somebody hits the cold-blooded three and turns around, that's that's great for the sport. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Look at uh, look at Reggie Miller and, and, and um, Spike Lee going back and forth. That's an iconic moment. If they didn't for let sure. him do that, it would have never happened. Yeah, and Spike wasn't doing anything bad, and they were trash talking each other. And and listen, Bryson, if you if you want to take on this villainous role and you want to be that guy, you better fucking own it. Because well, part remember, of the problem with kind of wanted that too, and then he realized he didn't. Yes, and part of the problem is I don't think Bryson knows what he wants when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Because he'll sure. go up to the media one day and he won't. First of all, he skips media more than any other player, but. Which is pissing off the other tour players because then they're getting asked questions about it because, you know, they're around it and Bryson's gone. So these guys gotta these guys gotta get something on the tape recorder. So they're gonna ask somebody else about it. But you know he he one day he just says oh, I'm not gonna answer that. It's not good for my brand. And the next day he says something so asinine. It's like, all right, well I think you just either never talk or just let it fly. Yeah. Well- your brand like what are you trying to build what are you trying to be on a day-to-day basis yeah exactly but i mean listen if 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 there's anything at the end of the season for you to get into golf the Ryder cup is the one i i think it's a bomber's paradise bryson is going to thrive there it'll be really interesting if brooks can heal up that wrist after hitting that route to see what goes on in the locker room. Tiger will not be there, unfortunately, because I think Tiger is the type of person where his persona will just eliminate all bullshit in the locker room, but he's not going to be there, and a Zoom call is not the same. I don't think Phil's the same kind of guy. Maybe he is behind closed doors as as an advisor or whatever, but Stricker's got it. Got it. Uh, he's got his work cut out for him, and I don't envy him when it comes to that. Last question I have for you on golf before we get off of it. Back to on the course. From what I heard, it was a birdie fest at the BMW in Baltimore. Was that good for the that good for the for the BMW tournament? Was that something that players were almost mocking because of how easy it was, or do you think that it was a perfect template and a perfect mapped out course for six hole playoff that we saw between Cantley and Bryson? Um I mean, the BMW moves around. There hadn't been a tournament in like 40 years in in the Maryland, uh, the Baltimore area, and I don't think there'll be another one. 
just because it was a birdie fest. I did think it made it a little more difficult for players that were trying to climb up the leaderboard to to make their move just because everybody was birdieing. But, I, I mean, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. And if you're trying to grow the game, which you are, then I think it turned out perfectly. Not a great tournament, not a great layout, but, I mean, the finish was worth everything and more. Can you imagine if that was in the U.S. Open or if that was in oh, Augusta? It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. But again, those those courses are handpicked much more difficult than than that course down in uh, Caves Caves something in in down in Baltimore. Yeah, and another, that leads you know finishes perfectly with another thing that Bryson DeChambeau said, which was heading into the Masters when it was played last November because. I'm talking about how he's going to dominate the course, and that's a joke. It's like, you don't say that about Augusta, pal. Like, Yeah, no, and I believe Augusta's a par 72, and he said he's going to play it as like a par 68. And, and how'd that go for him? I I think he, uh, I don't know if he even made the cut last year, so that's another dumb statement by him. Well, there we go on golf. How'd you like leading off with it? Pretty fun, right? A lot of fun. Uh Everybody, you can fast forward to the 25-minute mark if you're upset with that. But, hey, listen, try something new. Sean's trying something new with Peaky Blinders. The damn straight. This is a great uh, show. This, was, this, this was my call here. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. You know on Facebook Watch where it's like it has those like those clips of shows that you don't even really know about, but like you watch it for like the and a half scene or whatever, and all of a sudden you peppered with it over and over and over again. So that was kind of what happened with Peaky so then I was just I'm watching six or seven clips from episodes. I have no idea what's going on. So let me just start this thing. Might so as well give it a go. Tuned, stay tuned for that. Um, and it might supersede the disgrace that has been the New York Yankees. And what a what a difference, man. I mean, this team. Every time we talk, uh, I know we usually let a couple weeks go by here before we talk about them. But that this team is. Last time we got on here and talked them, they were in the midst of a 13 game winning streak. No, it wasn't glamorous because a lot of those games were ultra close, and there were games they were up six nothing that turned into six five or blown saves that they would walk off or what have you. But thirteen in a row was something else. That's hard to do. And since then, they've really paid their dues because they're four and eight in their last twelve, counting another loss to Toronto tonight. They lost two of three to Baltimore. Easily could have lost three. They lost two of three to Angels when Otani didn't even start. And um, this team is a wreck right now especially with Garrett Cole having hamstring tightness today, leaving the, leaving the game. When it rains, it pours. And I have a lot that I want to say on the Yanks that I've been kind of keeping on the back burner all season. But before I do that, I want you to give your take on what you've been watching the last half. Yeah, I jumped on the Yankees bandwagon back on. Uh, I made a nice little $30 bet that they would uh, – that they would make the playoffs with my uncle, who's a Red Sox fan, and I also gave him a little $10 kicker bet that the Red Sox would miss the playoffs. Um, not feeling good about either front. Maybe a little bit better about Boston missing the playoffs. The Yankees are half a game in front of them for the wild card. Um, they just can't do anything right right now. Nothing. They can't. Um, Chapman is done. Stick a fork Chapman. Chapman looks lost. The injury to Loisaga fucking blows um, because he was the most important reliever. I still don't trust Green trying to save a game. This this bullpen is a joke right now with injuries being a part of the reason. But I've been thinking about 
as I've watched the last four games and just dismay over what the hell has happened with the team. And there's injuries, sure, and there's reason they're not playing well or that championship team. Between they were winning 13 in a row. But we, we've known the, the flaws with this team, right? They're Even with the shakeup and roster, it, it's still a flawed team with a lot of issues that manifest in times where I, I, I've been thinking that I don't think I've had less fun watching a Yankee season in a long time. I don't know how you feel, but this season has drained me. I feel exhausted. I could give a shit less, honestly, if they make the playoffs or not. I kind of just want to be over so I don't have the obligation of having to watch them or follow them because the style of baseball that they play is just so uninspiring, and I don't know what to do because the players who are culpable are all-star players. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, that we were screaming, you said, blank check, give him whatever he wants. Dude, all he does is hit into double plays. He hit it into two more tonight. He was double play machine this weekend. That's all he does. He's made some terrible errors at second base. Unlike him, he's not driving the ball at all. And now you have him for five more years. Glaber Torres, who we know is probably not a shortstop going forward, but he's the shortstop right now, makes lackadaisical play after lackadaisical play cost them the game on Sunday. I know Haney came in and did Andrew Haney things, but if he just makes a routine play, you're out of the inning and it wasn't even a physical error. He just took his sweet old time and and let a runner bust down to the first baseline and and be safe, which led to a four run inning. He's not hitting at all. He's got no power. I mean, you're Joey Gallo, who we knew would strike out a lot, he struck out 62 times out of his 114 plate appearances. He has seven hits, and four of them are home runs. Like, this is insane. Now, Judge and Stanton have been raking. They've cooled off of late. But the main culprits that you need to win with are simply just not good. And I don't, it's not fun to watch because there's not even anybody who's going to possibly come up and take their place or an easy escape route for these contracts or for these players. I don't know what the hell is going to happen. I think if they tank, it's wholesale changes. If they make the playoffs and even losing the wild card, most of this team's coming back. Rizzo is probably the only player that I really enjoy watching. And it's sad that Andrew Velasquez's story was one of my next favorite things because he was actually producing more than Torres has. Keep watching your Peaky Blinders, man. And watch your Giants. Get ready for the Nets. This season's toast. And you know what? I, I think I was out a lot earlier on the Yankees than you, and they pulled me back in, and I watched a lot of those games, and now I'm back out. And it's... If they sucked and they were fun, it, it would be fine, but it's just incredibly uninspiring. Um, and again, this team, it, you're right. Glaber, uh, Glaber is just... He's not good at anything right now. Not one thing. The only guy on the team, aside from Stanton and Judge, that is our shining star is my guy Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah, six RBIs the other day, and we still lost. Yeah. I mean, this team is just... And I'll give Cashman credit where credit's due. He he did do everything I think he could at the trade deadline. But, I mean, when your nucleus is ass, it, it doesn't really matter, right? 
Well, it's ass because it's mediocre. If it just truly sucked, it would be so much easier because you would get rid of these players. And they, would, and they, yeah, they wouldn't good. have done anything at the deadline. Right. But the problem is, is they're not. We're and stuck in limbo. Just, exactly right. And the stubbornness of certain moves, like Andrew Haney imploded the other day. And everybody yelled at Boone because that's what fans do now. I realize that they don't even blame players. They just blame the manager every single move, which I think is bullshit and a cop-out because if you're going to give him credit for winning 13 in a row and you're going to give him blame for losing, I don't think any of them matter. I don't think he has that much to do with a team like this. But anyway, Andrew Haney had to pitch in that game. Why he's still on this roster, I have no idea. I truly don't know. Like, yeah, I don't even think he's had one big lost, y- game. He had that one game against Boston where he won like seven innings, one run. Like, just eat it. Just eat it, Cashman. Like, he's not on the team next year. He's a free agent. There's no reason to keep pitching him. Like, what are you trying to see out of him? The fans were booing him. He actually, did you see the other day, dude? He was crying in the dugout after he got booed off the map. Oof. Like, that's not a guy I want pitching for me, even in the ninth inning of a eight-run game. Brooks Christie comes in yesterday, gives up seven runs in the ninth inning. Well, what's worse, laughing as Sonny Gray did or crying? <laughs> That's a good point. I think Sonny Gray was just like, what the fuck did you bring me here for if you didn't even let me pitch the way I wanted to? At least he had some right. Andrew Heaney's never been good. But those are just players that we are forced to watch on a pretty much day-in and day-out basis. And, you know, you wondered why Cashman took his sweet old time trying to bring DJ back while fans were yelling, give him whatever he wants. Well, I'm sure he saw something that was a little alarming. I mean, he won the batting title last year in, four, in 60 games, and uh, he looks like a shell of himself this year. It's just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong, and that's my piece on the Yanks. It's It just sucks, but they finally broke me, Tom. They finally broke me. <laughs> I Listen, and I know how you are. You watch every game, and I, I just hope that they don't pull you back in one more time. Knowing this team with their streaks, they, I'm gonna. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna be watching my Peaky Blinders, and I'm not gonna watch them for like three or four games, and they're gonna win all three or four of them, and they're gonna score like seven runs a game, and I'm like, all right, here we go. They're gonna host the wild card game, win, and then be feisty against the team and lose in the division series, probably to Tampa again. Well, you laid it all out there, so we don't even have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've seen the script before. Um, we do you want have. any more on the Yanks, or do you want to talk Mets? No, I don't want to talk any more about the Yankees, uh, because it, it's it's the same old goddamn story. We've been saying the same thing. I mean, listen, we were gushing, I feel like, the last time we were on this podcast, but they've regressed to the mean, and I don't want to be fooled again. Do you blame the manager... Or do you think that that's a cop-out? What the hell is there to blame the manager about? He doesn't even really do anything. There you go. You know, like, this isn't Boone's fault. It's Cashman's fault for building this fucking repetitive team that's not even doing what they're supposed to be doing, and it's the player's fault. What Glaber Torres is doing is unacceptable. I'm totally with you. I mean, what DJ's done is unacceptable. What a lot of guys... I mean, my boy Gio Urshela fucking terrible made a couple errors the other day i mean they're just kicking the ball all over the place the fundamentals suck they're not stealing bases uh, running themselves out of innings doing it's the opposite of what faster. they did for that two and a half week stretch exactly when uh, i don't some know of those how, guys weren't even playing and i don't know how you can turn off the faucet so quick when it was really flowing there for us for about 13 games 
but it, it's just completely flipped back to what it was before the trade deadline. It's like, do, what do we have to do? Bring in another guy to, <laughs> to hype you guys up? We got to bring in a new face every week. Just, it's just, uh, it's just defeating because there's. I'm really not enjoying watching this team, which means I'm going to stop. No, so but, don't. <laughs> exactly. So now I, I'm not. <laughs> the way I look at it is like, oh, it's been only a few weeks left. But I'm like, no, Listen, every watch night Giants, is a Watch Danny Dimes fold it, fold like a folding chair. Watch, <laughs> watch Peaky Blinders. Watch the Ryder Cup. Watch a little bit of preseason. Nets. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy that, and that'll lead us right into the winter, and then we'll have an off-season of should we re-sign Rizzo? What do we do with Voight? Is Chapman dead? Um, <laughs> and, and then we'll roll it back again next year. That's right. I like it. That sounds like a much better plan. I think but you've the already pro- had Here's your the problem, Sean. I've already committed to that. Like I haven't right. been watching the Yankees since they've fallen off. I, I see my Bleacher Report come across, and they lost – what five to one to Toronto again today? Yeah, I'm I'm fully okay with that. I'll even watch college football over it. I have been watching a little bit of college football. I really Good, like I really like this uh, safety on Notre Dame. He's a ball hawk. I've got my eye on him. Number fourteen. Yes, uh, I will learn his name eventually. But <laughs> but that's me. I I'm yeah. I'm concerned because I know you and I know. Right. That you're going to go back, and it's just like, ugh. bro, like, Seinfeld is going to Netflix, you know? I know you've seen every episode ten times over, but at least you're going to get something good out of it. Well, you know, the thing, too, about me is that the only way for me to be completely done with someone or something is to lose all hope. And I think I finally hit that point. I think I'm finally I'll t- there. I'll talk to you in two weeks, buddy. All right. I, listen, I... <laughs> I, I, I think I'm done. I, I really do think I'm done because I, I have not enjoyed, not just because of their losses, but the way they've been losing. And I just, I know I have better ways to spend my time. I just, that stupid 13 game winning streak pulled me back in. And now I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to be that reactionary, but I think I've gone through my own therapy. I've had some late nights with my thoughts, and I think I'm comfortable with it. It's time to move out of this uh, abusive relationship, one that Met fans know all too about, too well about, I should say. Well, I'm going to say on this podcast, I'm proud of you. We'll see how we'll see how we do next week. I appreciate that. For right now, uh, I think let's make a gentleman's agreement that we're done. Um, Sounds good. I got to ask you this. Before we talk about them on the field, because they've actually been winning um, against terrible teams, but winning nonetheless. What was your reaction when you saw Zach Scott be arrested for his DUI, the Mets GM? Um, This is your Mets, by the way. Your Mets. I mean, obviously, you know, the Mets have had... um, a tough time finding finding a guy to head up their front office recently. I mean, if you want to give a quick recap, they had Carlos Beltran as their manager for, what, 10 minutes? Yeah, if that. Then they hire a new general manager from the Cleveland Indians organization, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he did a bunch of really bad things. Jared Porter, yep. Yeah, he was... Let's just say, at the very least, he was a weirdo. At the least. That's a really nice way of putting 
you know, sexual harassment, but sure. Okay, and a scumbag. If you're going to use the sexual harassment term, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Well, I'm going to use it because that's what he got fired for. True. And, I didn't make it up. And now the DUI, it's tough. And I don't know. what Does he get fired? What does the owner do? It's It's not a good scene. I don't know how this continues to happen. I really don't. It's pretty amazing because they everybody thought, and then you've got the owner tweeting at the player saying how it's not hard to hit when literally the team that's assembled is the not a te- not a bunch of guys that are really high OBP guys. I mean, you traded for Javi Baez. What, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah, um, who's not having a terrible year and he's really starting to heat up. I know you yeah, don't want to resign him, but. I mean, he's a streaky-ass player to what he's always been. I mean, yeah. when he runs into him, he's, he's really good. It's just he has no plate discipline, and that's going to that's gonna bite him in the ass once that bat speed goes. And he had a really rough stretch, and then they did the thumbs down to the fans, and fans versus them. and It's just great. I mean, New York baseball, baby, it's, it's, it's just been so much fun this year. But at least the Mets do it in ways that, are really, you're not going to get with the Yanks. There's no more Steinbrenner firing Billy Martin six times in six years and bringing him back. The Yankees are just steadily boring. But the Mets, you always know there's a chance that you're going to see something you've never seen before. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, after this Yankee season, it, it, it might be better. <laughs> it's going to be... The, the, if you were to do a soap opera on these two teams, the Yankees would be, wow, that show is still on, and the Mets would be like, oh, hell yeah, they got renewed. Yeah. Because that's literally all it is. Um, it's fucking great. But they have been winning. They're only four games out of the East. I don't think they're going to make it. Uh, the DeGrom news obviously sucks, but this Mets team is interesting. They, they have been rolling lately. They've been scoring a lot of runs. And the Yankees and Mets will play each other this week, and I expect the Mets to take two of three. That was short, sweet, to the point. I love it. We're good to go. Love it. College football. You've been watching, right? Uh, Wisconsin, man. Watch that game. That was a hell of a game. Is Wisconsin, like, I mean, obviously they're, they're probably second behind a great Ohio State team. Are they, like, out of the playoffs already? I don't know. I haven't seen the rankings. They were 12 heading into that game. 12 losing to a 19. Yeah, so I, I don't know if they'll get fall out of the top 25. But I mean, they lost 16-10. It wasn't a bloodbath like Iowa over Indiana. But it was. A, there was no offense. This was a classic Big Ten game. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Alabama, they're going to win it all anyways. So what are we talking about here? I wasn't even really going to bring them up other than Miami at 14, I'm glad you had fun being nationally ranked because uh, you're not going to be probably for the rest of the season. No, they're toast. They're not as good as they have been in the recent past. Uh, and the turnover chain thing was funny. Yeah, especially when it uh, when it got pulled from them. Did you see that? The play got overturned. They had to put it back. Yeah, in yeah the- had to put it back in the case. You're down fucking 35 anyways. That was uh, – I really hate that. Of all the – I'm happy. Do your celebrations. You know, get yourself out there, make a name for yourself. It's all about your brand. You got to do better than that, man. You can't be doing these celebrations when you're getting your dicks kicked in uh, yeah. all over the field. Uh, any other games really stand out to you from week one? Notre Dame game was interesting. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, I saw, I think Notre Dame's going to be a team this year. 
They are every year. I mean, they're in the college football playoff pretty regularly. Um, they have players. I mean, you mentioned the safety, number 14. We'll get his name, but he's he's a fucking stud. Did you see that one interception where he just ran from one side of the field completely over to the other side and picked it off near the sideline? Yeah, he's he's a sideline-to-sideline player, and that's, that's why I, I've got my eye on him. Reminds you a little bit of Jamal Adams, right? More speed, though. I mean, Jamal Adams was a heavy hitter, but this guy can cover a lot better. Yeah, Adams had that sideline-to-sideline kind of speed. We even see that still now in in his best days. But you're right, this kid's faster. I mean, they always get players. The the problem I have with Notre Dame every every time I'm just tired of them being national championship talk. There you go. I mean, me too. Like, we got to stop pretending that those athletes are going to hang with Bama and Ohio State. I think Bama's the class this year. I think they're even better than they were last year. Their quarterback looks fun. I mean, I know he's young, so he's going to have some time. But the thing is, their defense is even better than last year, from what I've heard. So he's going to he's going to be able to make mistakes. And, and I like Georgia. I just don't think that they can compete with Alabama. Yeah, uh, I mean, Bryce Young, the quarterback for Bama, he, he's small dude. He's only 5'10". Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, how they really use it. So. He can. He, he really can. He's, he's not as elusive as Tua, but he has some similar traits to Tua. But we'll see how that goes over. I mean, you're right. They're for the top to bottom, there's just more talent on that team than anybody else. Georgia was interesting. I mean, they, they got a 10-3 win over Clemson. It was because of a pick six. Two young quarterbacks for there, uh, JT Daniels for, for Georgia, really not filling up the stat sheet. But that defense is always really good, and I think they took a step up this year. A lot of five stars. A lot of five stars. What'd you take from Clemson? Do you think that was just a, a the uh, young the young quarterback? quarterback? Young yeah. quarterback. Let let Dabo coach him up, and and they're they're in a, the perfect conference to where they can lose a game and still roll, and they'll be in that playoff. I totally agree. I mean, God, the ACC has just we we give a lot of shit to the Pac-12, and rightfully so, but my God, is the ACC terrible? I mean, it's the same thing as the Pac-12. It's it's Oregon and the Pac-12 and then everybody else. There's a few teams that can make a little noise. And it's the same thing with with even more so with Clemson and the ACC. It's Clemson and then everybody else is so far behind, it's not even funny. I know. I mean, you talk about, like, Virginia Tech beat UNC with Howell, who was touted as one of the top quarterback prospects. They were ranked number 10. They, they scored 10 points. Howell threw three picks, including a pick six. And then you talk about the Pac-12, and Oregon only beat Fresno State by seven, and then Washington lost to Montana. I know. So like, and Washington was a sleeper pick for everybody, and I didn't see that at all. Oh, my God, yeah. They were ranked 20th. Oregon was ranked 11th. Uh, Washington's out of the top 25. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. You know, another game that stood out to me was uh, Oklahoma only beat Tulane by five, and that was that could have gone either way. I know, and I think aside from Alabama, because Nick Saban, although he can't coach in the NFL, is still an excellent coach <laughs> and a psycho, I just don't think that any teams were ready for week one. No, and, and Spencer Rattler, the, the quarterback for Oklahoma, had a couple of bad couple of miscues but yeah it's a big 12 defense and they struggle one but the team i think i don't know how you feel obviously being here now it it was a huge deal this weekend it was kind of cool to be around it was texas kicked the living shit out of louisiana and i know people are going to say well it's louisiana not lsu louisiana was ranked 23rd texas was 21 but steve sarkeesian's first game with texas they looked really good 
fun team. I think it's going to be a couple years. I mean, I like their quarterback. Are you a Texas fan now? I'll be rooting for him for sure. Yeah. Texas is your Mets. Yeah, Texas is my Mets. Well, there's no rivalry really yet until Texas joins the SEC officially between them and Bama. But, yeah, Bama's going to be the team I root for the most, but I'm going to be rooting for Texas for sure. I mean, how can you not? And Sarkeesian coaching them up too. Gave a lot of, had a lot of good years at Bama. And then the last game really to mention is LSU went out and lost to Chip Kelly's UCLA squad. So I guess the Pac-12 got a little retribution there. They did. I mean, it's about time Chip Kelly got back up there. Um, he's a running yeah, – listen, the thing with Chip Kelly is when he gets his guys in there, they're a running football team. They always will be, and they're always going to be tough to beat. It's like playing Army. It's just That's like a really playing, good analogy. It's like playing uh, – you prep for all these teams that are similar all year, and then you get smacked in the face with this team that's just completely different than any other team. Very well said, and that's always been a hallmark of those Chip Kelly teams, right? I think he's finally getting some of the personnel that he needs in UCLA to, to run his offense. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a college football guy, so of course I make you know. That was, a, that was a very, very strong start out of the gate for you with college football. I, I expect try. you to bring it like this every week. I'm going to have to. I have a little bit more time in my hands now that we're, we are officially, Cashman, you can hear it, we are out on the Yankees. We're out. We're absolutely out. Um, how are you getting into them? Are you are you are you betting on these games? Are you just casually watching? Casually are watching. That you're rooting? Do you have a team this year? Any team, Mike Leach is coaching. All right. So you've still got Mississippi State. Yep. Uh, well, one of these years, baby. Saban's gonna That's... have to be dead, but one of these years. <laughs> I think the corpse of Nick Saban is still gonna have that team rolling. True. True. Yeah, man. So that's college football week one. Only prospect is some random guy on Notre Dame. That's the only guy I really saw that flashed or popped for me. And the entire Alabama defensive line. And their secondary is nasty. It is. They've got first-rounders all over the place. Yep, and they've got Mechie, who looks like he'll be the next top wide receiver and a first-rounder. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, Let's finish up with just a few NBA things. I, I just... I wanted to get your thoughts on the Ben Simmons watch because I don't know if you listened to Bill and Rosillo last week, but Bill hopped on Rosillo's pod and talked about how this is going to be a really crazy I didn't know you were on a first-name basis. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) we're really – as we're after 200 episodes, I'm really lobbying for for Spotify and The Ringer to to give us something. Just um, buy us. We're not that expensive. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. We'll we'll make it worth their while. T-shirt. Yes, (laughs) Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's. I think that's more than fair. But they were talking about this this Ben Simmons thing, and the more I thought about it and listened to that conversation, this could be unprecedented because we've seen the superstars demand their trades and kind of say, well, I'm only going to go to this team or that team. Simmons does not have nearly any value close to what a Harden or an AD had, and he said he's not going to report to camp and I have no idea what's going to happen. And can you see a situation where they don't trade him, but he also doesn't play, and he's actually holding out of regular season games? No. He likes money. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Maury has to trade him, though. Yeah, and, and his feet are to the fire with him being a clutch guy, but it's... 
I mean, what are the packages? I mean, I know the Cavs apparently are interested now. I don't really know. Maybe, maybe a Sexton and and a Jared Allen and or I don't that's know too much. I, I know, I know, it's crazy. But then you know we say that's too much now. But then Simmons goes out and has an All Star type year, and then you're like, oh my God, they got him on the cheap. He's got three years left on his deal. Well, I think the Simmons believers will say that anyway. And if he goes to the right team and in a I hate to tell you, I, I think I am a Simmons believer. I, I I believe in him as as long as I know what the player is and he goes to the right spot. I think he could be electric. But the problem is, is there who is really banking on that and who's saying I'm going to trade? I mean, here's Sacramento. I think Heald and Halliburton is too much. I think that's just right, because they just got Mitchell. You're not giving up Fox. I I like that trade a lot for both sides. Well, Philly would get an actual scoring point guard and, and a really good shooter. that Scoring would help point guard that doesn't need the ball all the time. You yep. can shoot it. Um, and, and then they get themselves uh, a, a much, much needed extra shooter who's a catch-and-shoot guy that can put it on the deck a little bit and play a little defense. Yeah, no, oh, for sure. I mean, and Philly, that's really what they need. They, they've they got Embiid in the middle, and when you're closing games, you don't need anybody else that's going to take away that spot from him. You want to open up the floor as much as possible, which is why we've always been saying for these all these years, even the Brett Brown years, like this combination doesn't work unless Simmons wants to shoot, and he doesn't. Absolutely, and they also made a good point on the podcast. It's like it seems like a perfect trade, McCollum for for McCollum for Simmons straight up. But then, if that doesn't work out, then Dame's all but gone. So not only do you lose McCollum, Simmons is sucking. You're also going to lose Dame. Yeah, and they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep Dame. And any trade they make, it, it's going to be you know with his endorsement. It it's fascinating to me. What would you say the percentage is? Well, let me ask it this way. Is there a better chance that he is on Philly's roster opening night or on a different team opening night? On a different team. Don't ask me the team because no, I have no idea. To. Yeah, me neither. And classic NBA, it might be a team. I think a lot of teams want him. They just don't want to give up the asking price that Maury has right now. Where's because Presti? his value is so low. Where's Presti in this in Oklahoma City? <laughs> I feel uh, like he's like, I, I got a lot of draft picks, but that's not what Philly wants, of course. That's not what Philly wants, right. And they're not getting Shea Gilgis-Alexander, so. Yeah, that's even too much at this point. It, and that's the other thing about this is, you know, we talked about, wow, Harden is souring his reputation or his trade value. You know he wasn't. Everybody knew what James Harden was going to give you. And Anthony Davis, same thing. It was more or less just how they were finally going to throw the Lakers' feet to the fire to get him to play with LeBron. It, when you've when you've achieved what those players did, you could go. Well, you know what they are. And it won't matter. You know what you're going to get with those guys. That's the thing. That's my point. Is with Simmons, you don't. So he doesn't have that leverage, and neither does Philly. Nope. It's it's one of the more interesting situations on both sides that's ever happened in the NBA. Really, I always thought that that was hyperbole, but. I really do think we're become, we're we're entering uncharted waters here. 
uh, because I do think that most of the GMs and talent evaluators across the league believe he's really good if you get him to the right spot. But I think there's doubt in a lot of front offices too about how much he's really worth and why would you give up a couple of really good players if you don't have to? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know. And then the other part that's really interesting is you know how much of a you know it's lunatic Daryl Morey is where he never ever wants to lose even a little bit on a trade. Even if it's for the betterment of the team. I know. Yeah, it's an ego thing with him. It truly is. And then you got to ask Doc what kind of player he wants because Doc, obviously, even though he doesn't have front office role, he has. He certainly is going to have his opinion uh, validated for anybody that they bring in. So and and Embiid. And Embiid for sure. Yeah, probably even more important than Doc. Yeah. Who do you want to play with? Who's who's going to make me better? Who's going to make us better? How am I going to be able to finally get over the hump? Because this guy, I mean, he fucking called him out last week and was like, this guy sucks. Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy, dude. Philly never changed. Speaking of which, real fast, by the way, did you see the clip? It was on uh, Philly um, TV. It was like a local Fox affiliate where they said after the crazy rain that that you guys got up there, uh, they said, well, here's live footage of Ben Simmons fleeing Philadelphia, and it was literally one of those giant industrial garbage uh, dumpsters caught in the and just floating down the river. <laughs> I did not, but that is so classic, Philly. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like, never change, Philly, never change. <laughs> they lean into it, which is the best. They really do. They, they know they're the worst. Yeah, they. I hope none of them win a championship again. I don't think they will. I think that they're just doomed. Yeah, no, no it's great because they'll get close. But yeah, you know exactly. All right, you ready to talk some football? Or you want to talk about Nets? Oh yeah, just real fast. Nets traded DeAndre Jordan, and then they they brought in Paul Millsap, and Lamarcus Aldridge got cleared, so they brought him back. Obviously, guys that are going to help them deep into the playoffs and. You know, they're role players at this point. You're not asking them to do a lot. What do you think of those picks, or of those pickups, I should say? Listen, I think Aldridge, back to the basket kind of guy, good passer. He can he can give you 15 good minutes a game as long as his heart's strong. And Millsap can bang a three, and he can and he can guard pretty well in the pick and roll still. So I like those moves. They're, like you said, they're going to help him. They're good. Listen, you you can't expect him to be a starter at this point. You know, if a team like the Knicks was going out to get him to play big minutes, I wouldn't be happy about it. But given the role on the Nets, I think they're perfect players. Yeah, and I think they're kind of players that will help them against teams like Philly and Milwaukee, where rebounding and, and versatile big man play was just obviously not apparent at all. So I think those guys will help, especially as you get down into the postseason because for regular season, like you said, let them play their 15 minutes a night and, and conserve their minutes. And you got them to be vets to play late minutes in playoff games. Absolutely. Are you ready to do some NFL? Let's do it. All right. Our first week, week one of pick them. For those who don't know, we pick our two locals and then we pick our two out of market games um, including, obviously, my highly anticipated Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. Sean, you and I have, we are one and one. Um, neither of us have repaid our bets, either way. Some yeah, days we, we didn't get do to anything it. last year, right? 
Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think it was a COVID year and we were feeling it out. But I know I've beat you once and you've beat me once, so we are one and one. Um, yep. you're going into year three. This is exciting. Um, you ready to break it down? Oh, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. I just want to ask you a question real fast. Does the sperm bank have a sponsor yet, or is that something that, depending on your picks, will be picked up later in the season? Yeah, no sponsor for the beginning of the year, um, later in the season. Phil Rivers is always, even if he's coaching high school football in Alabama, he is always in play. Antonio Cromartie making that run, too? Listen, (laughs) you know... I'm I'm all for the irresponsibility as well, <laughs> <laughs> but he he's definitely a candidate as well. Um, Janoris Jenkins, by the way, Janoris Jenkins officially changing his name to Jack Rabbit, like Ocho Cinco. Pretty cool. No, no, that's that's great. That makes me so happy that he's no longer a giant. Yeah, I, I can't blame you there. All right, we're gonna lead off as we always do with the locals. Sean, let's start. With the New York Jets, because I said so. Um, The New York Jets are in Carolina this week. Kind of a revenge game for Sam Darnold. Would have been cooler if they were in the Meadowlands, but... Or uh, MetLife, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's still in the Meadowlands. You're right. Um, The Carolina Panthers are five-and-a-half point favorites. Where do you see that one going? Oh, man. I, I've really been wrestling with this game, and it's not a good start that I'm this indecisive in the first yeah, kick tough, this tough season. Sleep. So, I can see this game going either way. Um, however, I can see it only going either way with one team winning pretty easily. Um, I think that Wilson will outplay Darnold. So you will not be missing your baby boy, but I really don't like the situation that the Jets' defense is in, and shredded I, this, this offseason. And, and their secondary is just abysmal. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Panthers. I think your quarterback's gonna play well, and you're gonna leave that game feeling good about him, but not much else. Give me the Panthers with a five and a half point favorite. Lockstep there, my friend. I have Carolina minus five and a half, I think. Listen, if Darnold can just manage this game, he's got way more weapons, um, obviously McCaffrey, and the Jets' defense is what's going to make them a four-win team this year. Totally. Yeah, I think Darnold's going to make a couple plays that you say, oh, I wish, wish we had him, and then you he might make one or two where you're like, oh, don't miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, they have more weapons. You said it perfectly. And, and I think this is a game, you know, I, I, but I, the, that's the hard part, where the Jets have this tendency of winning week one a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, give me Panthers here. All right. move. Same for me, Panthers minus five and a half. That's our first game. Moving on to the other New York squad, your squad. By the way, we are using Fox Bet um, for our lines this year. Much easier now that gambling is – not only shunned, not but it's not not shunned, but it's actually encouraged. So it's a lot. It's going to be on the find. bottom line of every game this yeah, year. Yeah, it's a lot that? easier to find lines this year, and, and I love it. Uh, it's a long time coming, uh, and it makes my life a lot easier trying to find some consistent lines. You have the Denver Broncos traveling to MetLife Stadium to play your New York Giants, led by Danny Dimes. 
um, mm-hmm. who, I don't know, maybe, I'm sure I'll find some grocery store openings for him within the next <laughs> few years. I don't know. Maybe we could hire him as a producer here. Um, Denver Broncos. He's very smart. <laughs> yeah, sure. Denver Broncos are favored by two and a half on the road. Giants are home dogs. As they should be. Um, well, there's nothing other than homerish in my pick here. But if I pick the Giants to win, I think I said six or seven games this year, there's not going to be a lot of opportunities early to mid of this season. So they've got to win games like this. And I, I'm i going to pick the Giants to at least cover this game. Um, and I'm going to see how hopeful I can be at the end of Sunday afternoon. So give me the Giants here. I'm in lockstep with you again. We are getting boring early here. I have the New York Giants plus two and a half. I, th- I thought you were going to lean that way, and I'm just sticking with you. Um, I don't know how this defense is going to be, but I think some of these skill position players are going to show out. And I'll take Shaky early in the year before you get some miles on him. Yeah, a couple of storylines here. Obviously, since we, we haven't done an episode since our preview, just – Evan Ingram is out, probably not playing. Shocking. He hurt his calf. Uh, who knows when he'll ever play again. Saquon's probably going to play. Um, I don't know how much he will play. Probably going to be on a pitch count, but you'll get to see Shaky, as you like to call him. Um, and the Giants' defense is really good. It's not Broncos-level good, but it's really good, and I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, something along the lines of like a 17-14 to 14 or a 20-17, to 20-16 kind of game. How do you see it playing out? Well, I, I agree. I think it's going to be kind of a pillow fight when it comes to the offense. I think the defenses are going to take care of business, which leads to a close game, which I could see the Giants losing, but in a, in a barn burner. Yeah, I, you know, they played so many close games last year, especially towards the end, and, and one encouraging thing was as, when the season was wrapping up, they were winning those games. So this, the nucleus of this team is used to playing close games, so that's my only hope, but obviously, you know, time will tell, and... Uh, I have to have some optimism after we've officially buried the Yanks. I hear you. I got a little optimism for your Giants more than my Jets. All right, let's go to the out-of-market games. Sean, here is your first one. You have the floor. All right, pal. Uh, I'm looking to Detroit, where I surprisingly, to you and Will's chagrin, picked the Lions to finish above the Bears in the NFC North, but I did not pick them to be very good. I think I said they'll win four games, maybe five. Uh, And they're going to get off to a bad start. The 49ers are seven-and-a-half-point road favorites in this game. They're healthy for the first time in a long time. And like we've said, Detroit's just not good. I think San Francisco goes in there. And when you're watching Red Zone, you're going to be seeing a lot of San Fran offensive highlights um, because I don't think this game will be close. So give me me the seven-and-a-half there. Lockstep again, my friend. I have San Francisco Whoa. minus seven and a half. Listen, it's going to come down to our last picks here, the sperm bank pick of the week versus yours. Um, I just, listen, w- w- that defense is going to, Goff has no weapons and no offensive line. It, it, they're going to they're gonna take a huge steamy dump on them. And they can score as well, so that's why the yeah. that's why I think this spread should be ten. Was uh, I'll ask you after we do our last game. Uh, 
in case I in case I messed you up. So, all right. So we're 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 aligning there. So far, we're three and O, or we're three for three in mutual picks. Um, I'll give my last one before you give the much anticipated sperm bank pick of the week. For week one, I'm going to the Sunday night game. Well, I picked the Lions to suck because I also believe the Bears are going to suck and the Rams are hosting Sunday night football for the first time. There's going to be fans in that beautiful new stadium and Al and Chris are going to mention that pretty much 90% of the game. I hope there's a line on that. (laughs) Um, Rams are seven-point favorites at home. Yeah, I I think Stafford's really... You know McVay is going to say, I'm going to show off my new shiny toy in front of the entire world on Sunday Night Football, and they're going to do just that. And the Bears, who are very, very used to seeing Matt Stafford, they're not going to—they're not used to seeing him like this. I think Andy Dalton will not play very well, and this game's not going to be all that close. I like that pick. I like it a lot. I stared at it, but I had a feeling you were going to pick it. <laughs> I know you like my sports father, and you've had a, your eyes on adoption for a while. Um, so I I'm going down to Washington. For the oh. football team. They are taking on the Chargers. The Chargers are favored by one and a half points. Give me the Washington Redskins for my first no. sperm. The Washington football team. For my first sperm bank pick of the week. Lock it in. Boys, get out there to the bank. Start cashing in early. You've been storing a lot up for the summer. Just <laughs> let it all out. On the Washington football team, I think this defense, I love Herbert. I love him as much as the next guy. I don't think they should be favored on the road with a brand-new head coach just breaking them in. I think Riverboat Ron is going to be able to get this team to a win with that defense and an improved offense and a little Fitzmagic. Uh, I picked Washington to win the division. Uh, and I think this is going to be one of those games that might help them do that uh, because they're going to stymie this potentially potent offense for the for the L.A. Chargers. And I just think that they're a safe bet. I know that's very weird to say with, with Fitzpatrick as your quarterback. I'm not predicting him to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I know he's never been to the playoffs. I know his whole life story. Um, I know he went to Harvard, Tom. I think you know Whoa. that too. I know, I know. <laughs> breaking a lot of news here late in this episode but yeah yeah i i like that pick a lot i think that's a really sound pick and i agree with you i don't know why the chargers are favored on the road but they haven't really done anything to deserve that no and and they've got a whole new regime out there we need to see it before we before we go with it totally agree um were there any other games on this docket that you really looked at? Because I was up and down here, and I was like, man, thank God we had both locals playing week one because there's not a lot of games here I want to pick. No, there was – I looked at Buffalo. Yeah. But then I was like, I don't know, Pittsburgh's going to be a running team. Maybe they're just going to choke the ball. Um, so Because I was thinking maybe the spread should be a little bit higher. But then I was like, oh, maybe Pittsburgh will just try and have a possession game. I looked at Atlanta, but I was like, Philly's pretty bad. I stared at Jacksonville, but it's like I I just don't want anything to do with two teams that are most likely going to be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Uh, There was a lot, and it's I got no idea what's going on with Indy. I know. That's how I felt, too. Part of me wanted to go Ravens-Raiders, but... I saw that, too, but it's just like... I do you really want to get boned by fucking by John Gruden? In no way. Exactly. And obviously you, you 
for you, it sucks. And those for people who are listening, you got to take a game off the board every week because you don't pick Minnesota games. <laughs> and I'm it's a fact. Try, it's a fact, and I've also tried really, really hard not to pick Atlanta games because they've broken my heart over the last few years. That's too. true as well, yes. So there's basically two games, but now I, you know me, they're going to pull me back in like you say the Yanks will. I know, but you've been you've really stood pat on Minnesota. I have. There has to be a matchup. You know, I'm doing obviously my Survivor League again this year, and if I do anything, I, I have I have to get past week one, which I have not done in the last two weeks. Thanks, Jacksonville, making your one win last year in week one. Um, That's embarrassing. It really is. I forget even who they beat. It was somebody decent. It was like Green Bay or something. I think it was Indianapolis but, uh, last year. It might have been Indianapolis. Yeah, it was somebody good. Um, and she mad. Yeah, it was because it was Rivers' first game with the Colts. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll pick Indy. Like obviously, Jacksonville's going to be horrible, and they won one game, and it was that. But Minnesota's a team that I fucking hate picking in Survivor too, because I'm like, oh, I know it's going to come around where I have to take them, and in games that you think they're going to roll over teams, I look up and Kirk Cousins has three picks, and they're down by seven. This might be the week. Yeah. I think you should take them, honestly. They're playing Cincinnati. Burrow's coming back off an injury. Their defense is terrible. And Minnesota's got a really, really good defense. And you know what they're good at? They're good at rushing the passer, and they have no offensive line in Cincinnati. I would honestly take them this week. That's a really low. All right, well, you're. there's a very good chance I text you on Sunday morning say, guess where I'm at. So, I think you should. I, I, I yeah. get, them, get them off the docket early. It's a good point, yeah, because I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but I can't imagine there's going to be many games. I mean, maybe a Lions game or maybe a Bears game, but even those scare me because, you know, Cousins in those in those 1 o'clock games that nobody's watching, he usually balls out. This it's, is one of them, I mean, bro. This is one of them. So, um, I know we're done. We made our picks. Outside of our teams, what's one or two things that you're really, really looking forward to seeing um, in week one of the season. Well, there's a few things that I'm interested in seeing. I, I really want to see Seattle this year, and I want to see them get off to a hot start. Uh, I, um, or maybe not. I, I'm super interested in the Russell Wilson drama um, just to see. And then the other thing is I, I want to see Lawrence play. Yeah, Lawrence is, Lawrence is probably the most intriguing prospect. I mean, we, we knew that Burrow was going to be really highly thought of after the historic year that he had, but he, he was really – he burst upon the scene. At this time, 24 months ago, no one really knew who Joe Burrow was. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has been known Trevor since Lawrence high school. Exactly, probably since middle school. So, yeah, I agree with you. I just hope that line can preserve him, man. I, I have bad – I have really bad thoughts. Well, it he's, got, he's got a Joe cupcake start. Yeah. Because Houston's bad at everything, so they really are. You know who their starting quarterback is, right? Who is it? Tyrod Taylor. Ugh, I feel bad for the guy. I do too. I mean, he had he had the doctor fucking sabotage pull out his, his sabotage him and rupture whatever the fuck it was his spleen or something. And now you got or now you got this. Now you got to go play for Houston. Oof. Yeah, I don't envy him. I, I really don't. Anything else? You've already announced the show that you're on, man. Anything else going on in your life? Well, we got to talk real fast. I figured that 
the time is up to ask you your thoughts on Donda and if uh, Certified Lover Boy. Uh, I knew it was going to come eventually. You know I'm a Kanye stan. You know I am too. You know I am too. Um, I thought that Donda as a whole was not good. There's a lot of really good songs on it. But, listen, Peter Rosenberg put it well on his Instagram. It was thrown together in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. you got to take the good with the bad. Kanye's still a genius. And Certified Lover Boy is an absolute monster. I love that album. I love you, Drake. You I could have like that album on a fangirl. all day. Yeah, dude. You could have that album on just like run it through an entire party or have it outdoors playing for for a couple hours to be honest for me it used to be drake kanye and the beatles have never made a bad song now it's just drake and the beatles yeah because kanye's got some clunkers out there it's very unfortunate the guy is a legend probably the greatest producer of all time and one of the greatest rappers of all time but i mean some of those songs sucked well, they didn't make any sense placement-wise on the album either. I've listened to it twice start to finish, and there's times where I really just want to just pass out and be like, okay, but at least by then three or four songs will be over. Yeah, and listen, you know, the first time I listen to an album, I'm never going to hit skip, but I find myself hitting skip a lot on that album. And that's kind of how I judge an album, you know? Oh, for sure. I think that's the one of the only ways to judge to an album. To be honest, is- man... I've listened to Certified Lover Boy probably the same amount, if not a little bit more than Donda. I haven't hit skip once. Yeah, I'm only halfway through it because I try to listen to it in succession and go without any breaks, and I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Um, but every song I've I've heard, I, I really fucking dig. And and you know Drake Drake's a Drake's an absolute beast. He he really is an absolute beast. Yeah, Ghostwriter or not, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I mean, like I said, that's the that's an album that you have on all day long, and and everybody can fucking rock out and and vibe out to that album. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing Grammys. I mean, I know Tyler the Creator put out a thumper earlier this year, but I think I think Grace Drake's taking that Grammy on. We've had a great year in hip hop. I mean, we had J Cole put his new one out. Uh, oh, Logic put. Or, uh, Logic put out Bobby Tarantino 3, which was also fucking fire. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes, I like of course. Every single song on that album, and I'm a, I'm a big Logic fan, as you know. And then within a week, you have, you have Donda and you have uh, CLB. I mean, it's, it's great. It's been a great year. It has. It's been a really good year for hip-hop. It's been, there's a little bit of a rock comeback as well. I've got some undercover bands that, okay. uh, that I'm interested in. Um... Anything else going on for you? No, nah, man. I'm going to a UT game against Rice in a couple weeks. Very cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, the tickets are very hard to come by, so you take any game, and it's a game they should win. But um, the vibe, I mean, you could feel it here. Um, it was definitely palpable. So just being caught up in that um, and working and, yeah, just – getting through i can't believe we're mid-september already and the ceo's got a birthday coming up in a few weeks 27 man i'm getting i'm getting close to you at 30 there yeah that's right it's gonna be uh it's it's gonna be very exciting 
Yep, going down to Florida for my birthday, actually. So that should Are be you fun. really? Yeah, we're going to be safe. We're going to wear the N95s. I'm, and it's not like I'm going to Miami or anything. We're not going anywhere crazy. Might play a little golf down there. Um just to get the vibe, see what see what the grainy grass is kind of down there. I've been playing. I've been playing. Knock on wood, pretty well lately. There you um, go. Had a little bit of a stinker a few weeks ago uh, with my uncle, but went to the range, grinded a little bit, and uh, shot a low round, career low round of an eighty four. Um, hey. Down at uh, or up at a wedding in Vermont two weeks ago. And then followed it up with a decent round this past weekend. And then uh, I think I've got a little more golf in my future, you know, next weekend. And then after that, we'll see how it goes. What's it like up there? Is it starting to feel like fall or is it still hot and feel like summer? No, it's, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's like the second it hits September 1st. And I don't know if it had, the hurricane had a lot to do with the cooling things off. But, yeah, was everybody okay? Because I, I know New York got absolutely pummeled. Ah, uh, man, the the sawmill for those who live around here was closed for I feel like three days. The yeah. hutch, same thing, just completely submerged underwater. Getting around was was not easy. Um, yeah, my my everybody's everybody's good. Nobody nobody that I know got hurt. Uh, of course, there was some people that died, which. My heart goes out to them. That that's brutal. But my uncle, uh, my uncle who lives in Greenwich, actually did uh, his entire basement flooded, including a sewage backup. So that's oh. a complete gut job. Um, that really sucks. So listen, uh, good luck to him on that. That sucks. But aside from that, everybody was okay. Um, but it was scary because it. It was one of those ones where it wasn't like a, a, a day-long thing. It was only a night thing, but they're, they're coming down in buckets. Yeah, I mean, the scenes that I saw, I mean, especially with the It happened so and, fast. Yeah, and then you, just various areas of, of the tri-state, particularly in Jersey. I'm sorry, I'm sure you saw... Like well, the there was a tornado as well, yeah. Yeah, it was like underwater, almost the entire thing. Like, yeah. it's fucking crazy. But I'm glad to hear that you're that you're well and that everybody you know is okay but we are getting we are getting fall vibes with the weather because now you know it's about high 50s when you wake up and they throw the hoodie on and then by the middle of the day you're you're at 80 so and i love that Uh, i'm all for fall weather Um, oh yeah but it's just crazy because you know it's only what september 7th and it feels Mm -hmm. like the second it hit the first we dropped down we dropped down below 60 for the first time this is the time. This is the first time since I've lived in Texas that I've really envied the weather that you guys are getting up there. Um, well, you're not going to be envying it in three months. No, fuck that. Absolutely not. But yeah, it's it's a hundred every day here still. Like it's Enjoy. it's not cooling down anytime soon. It, it's so hot though. I mean, you can't you can't even be outside for a good portion of the day because it's no, just that sucks. It is it is too too hot, um, but I I definitely envy the the fall vibes that you'll be that you'll be carrying out. I'll get your ass up here. Then. I don't think I can swing it, man. I don't think I can swing it. I think I uh, well, I new job. Tough. Exactly. I don't know if I'm getting up there. That PTO probably doesn't kick in until about six months in. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be working every day for. Well, you know, five days a week for for quite some time, but that's all good. It's good problems to have, and I'll get up there soon, and then find time for you to get 
down here as we talk about to close every pod. And at least you get to go to Florida. That'll be nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Definitely want to get down to Texas to see you before, hopefully at the latest in 2022. Absolutely. No, it'll it'll happen, and we'll keep uh, we'll keep cranking these podcasts out until then. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. We will be back what next Monday with a rundown. Uh, no Yankees talk. It's crazy. No Yankees talk. Uh, absolutely. No matter whether they win or lose, uh, I'm over it. We'll talk any golf, anything else, any other baseball. Maybe do some pennant chase talk that doesn't involve the uh, the pinstripes. That'll be interesting. A Yankee centric pod with no Yankees. That's right. We All right, to everybody. Ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right, man. Well, stay safe down there. Stay cool and uh, enjoy the week. All right, man. You do the same and welcome back football, everybody. Welcome back. Go Jets. <laughs>